You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. You're listening to episode 177 of the Merged Marketing Podcast. In this episode, we talk about why business owners should trust their instincts with digital media. My guest on today's show is Edward Nugent. Edward helps empower business owners to grow using digital. He takes a holistic yet pragmatic viewpoint of business growth. Edward lives in Ireland, but undertakes most of his work in Scandinavia and Europe. In this episode, Edward and myself dive into the customer journey and go through those thoughts and feelings that a potential customer has before they click that buy now button on your website or before they walk into your store and purchase an item. That part of the journey is often overlooked by marketers who are just focused on closing a deal or getting that sale. But what really needs to happen is people need to be more cognizant of the journey that that customer goes through before purchasing that product. We dive into that in today's show. Without further ado, let's kick it to my chat with Edward Nugent. Edward, how are you doing today? Hi, Jason. Glad to be here. Listen, thank you for, for, for the invite. I, I really like this topic that we're going to dive into today, um, you know, business owners trusting their instincts. But, you know, before we get into that, let's talk a bit about your journey and what brought you to running Digital Scorecard. I've gone right the way from academia, corporate, startup to my own business. I, I got tenure when I was 26. Scariest thing in the world because you can see your life ahead of you. So I got out of there real fast because you see your life actually in other people's faces. And that's the scary thing. So I, I decided I want to go work in corporate. I want to so work, work in industry, you know. I did a lot of research in my doctorate on why businesses work, who's profitable, who's not, all that kind of stuff. And growth businesses, that's where fun is. It's also where the money is based on our research. So I thought, okay, who's growing now? This was late 90s. Mobile telco, mobile tech was just starting. Sounds interesting. So I, I moved. I was in England that time. I'm Irish originally. I'm back in Dublin now. But as most Irish people, we, we travel a lot. So I went to Stockholm, joined Ericsson Radio Assistant at the time, American Standards. Hence, I was in Toronto there for a while. Corporate life is fine. It's a good grounding in five years. But I realized we're not going to achieve what I'd like. Uh, it's driven by product plans, driven by corporate way of decisions. So I, I left after five years and went to a startup. Spent about a year in that mobile data type stuff. Spent about a year there. I left it for a very simple reason. There's too much chasing investor money, too little chasing customer money. I like customers to pay the bills. I don't want investors to pay the bills once you're running the business. It's just not in me. You know, we're, we're sales and marketing at heart. Therefore, we should be selling what we produce. That's one of the reasons I left it, actually. And then I started my own company. That's over 20 odd years ago. And you fumble around. You really do. Your first couple of years, all the will in the world, you, you don't really know what you're doing. You, you, you know, your ideas and you try. So I did a lot of analysis work. So I, my big client was obviously telco industry. It was great until I stumbled across an opportunity. And this is part of the theme we have today. And I was meeting these people in, in London, just happened to be Irish. It's pure coincidence, uh, doing some tech stuff. And I was writing about the industry. And then I had an agent in Italy at the time. And he called me up and said, got a company here who actually wants to enter the mobile data business. Do you think we could, you know, do something? And I said, well, I can get all the content. And I know these guys can do the platform. So let's put it together. So we put a venture together. And that was the start of me really getting into a business, selling direct to consumer. We were doing all the back end stuff. Go through the motions, 
probably the best in business, probably in terms of profitability, one of the best businesses we've ever had. Uh, second best was actually doing the whole thing, going direct to consumer ourselves and whole market Italy. We had UK, Germany, fantastic market. Anyone out there listening, uh, looking at the German market in Europe, it's fabulous, but it's a tricky one to crack. It's not simple. And yeah, maybe- it is a huge, I think it's, uh, there's a huge advantage, I think, to, um, going D to C and getting consumer money rather than having to report on investor money, a lot more autonomy. And, and you know, you reap the rewards of, of the work that you put in. Right. Or even, even the B2B, you know, your, your B2B to C, mm. uh, we just thought, okay, let's go direct. This is where, when it comes to the topic here, we were doing TV ads, print media ads, and then Google came along. And I can tell you, I still remember the feeling where I realized here's a mechanism and a route where clients are looking for me instead of me looking for clients. And it's extraordinary when you really think about it and you start looking at this, we were doing print ads to get in front of people. I actually still like print ads. We were doing TV ads. All of a sudden, we didn't have to kind of do that as much anymore. They were looking for us. It's, it changes your world, you know? And, and that did change the business. We then were a big client for Google AdWords. Uh, I loved it because it's, it's like, you know, at that time, it's shooting ducks in the bow. Now it's really hard. Doing that with digital products, you know, music, uh, we used to record our own stuff with studios, uh, messaging, all that kind of stuff. It's still very digital, you know? So we, I actually want to apply that to another sector. Does the principles of online sales work for non-digital products? So what's more non-digital than physical kitchens? So actually we went into that sector and thought, let's try it. Within two months, we had beaten the agency uh, that they had by two times in terms of lead flow. And it was easy. And these businesses, the businesses that you're working in, in is t- are typically in the Scandinavian regions, right? I do a lot in Scandinavia. I do a lot in Sweden at the moment. And it's purely because I lived there for a long time. Oh, okay. So you're bridging connections within those areas, hence why you're working. Okay, got you. Can you speak uh, the language? I can. Uh, what, what usually happens is I, everyone, Swedes can speak Swedish and I speak English. So I write English, they write Swedish and all works. So it's, so it's a big mm-hmm. blend. So we had a session today, for example, and they all speak Swedish and I do English and everyone understands each other. So it works. Mm-hmm. If I have to speak Swedish, I will. It's a difficult one because, you know, people say the French are precise. They've got nothing on Swedish. They are so precise in terms of understanding. it. Now, two foreigners get in the room and we both speak bad Swedish. We understand each other really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's usual yeah. stuff, you know. Edward, I was going to say, and I don't know if I'm, if I'm jumping the gun here, but I do want to understand how one, how a business owner can understand how their customers are buying. How do they understand what that mindset is, what that behavior is when a customer goes to buy? Because this is your area of expertise. Yes, the most important bit, you really have to spend time on it. It's not sexy and, and, and fun to start with. It really isn't. Everyone wants to talk to me about, okay, which digital tools do I use? That's the fun stuff. It really is. But it's pointless if we don't know what we're trying to do. So this comes back down to the instincts. We, I used to actually enable systems for companies. So we'd actually put everything in place, even the ads. And they'd basically be getting leads coming in that they'd deal with. But they had no idea why they got them. That knowledge was with me and with my team. And to me, that's, it's not a good way to, to work. So that's what we changed about five years ago to say, we're enabling you to do this yourself. And it's tough. It's easier to actually do it for someone than to train them how to do it, to be honest. But it's much better in the long run. But they have to go through that phase of failing, they have to go through the phase of understanding, you know, the pre-purchase phase, the purchase phase, the post-purchase phase, and understand that in depth. And it's simple in some ways. So before someone buys your product, what did they do? You list it out. Before that action, what did they do? And you list it out. And then what did you do to help them along the way? It's fairly simple. Okay, what more can we do? Uh, we're actually running through, uh, we do a workshop series every month. So we've eight companies coming through 
So we had one session today, we had one session Monday and one Friday. And you take them through the three steps and they basically just list it out. And you begin, the first day is really hard. It really is tough. But then the second day, you begin to say, ah, okay, now I understand how the whole picture fits together. And then the last day, you'll say, oh, well, now I've got an action plan for, okay, how am I going to help them? Because the premise is, if I understand how they buy, I've got to be able to help them buy from me. To be honest with you, without that, I don't know how anyone can really sell, you know? And the, the beef I have here is agencies do not understand this. They will spend all your money and ask you for more. And you might, you will probably not get a result. The tech companies will sell you a piece of tech. And yes, it'll, it'll, it'll work, but it may not bring you customers. So you've got to do the basics. You've got to do the, the business instinct stuff. <laughs> what is it people are buying from you? Why are they buying from you? Get that right. And then the tech can work. Can, can we can we grab a a tangible example, Edward, yeah. of this kind of an action? If I can throw, maybe I throw an industry at you. Maybe what? How about a real estate agent? How can a real estate agent tell what that journey is for their potential client? How are they? You know, how are they in that awareness phase uh, when they're ready to make that commitment to a certain real estate agent? Maybe there's uh, is there a framework that you work through to figure this out? I actually force people through it. So they come out with the list. I use a few examples, but I, I tend to refrain from them because it stops people thinking themselves. Mm. This is part of the challenge with it. But if I take the real estate, the example I'll give you there will be people don't just get up in the morning and say, I'm moving. It doesn't happen like that. Something has triggered that. So I want that real estate agent to think, okay, so what's the trigger for that? What happens? Is it, you know, is it envy? Is it the family is now too big? Is it that they, they want to move area? Did they get a new job? What are those triggers? Because that's what kicks the decision process off. And they're still not deciding, I'm going to move. They're entertaining the idea. Maybe I should move, right? Or maybe I need to make a change. And it might be I'm going to change job because I don't want to commute anymore. Or the alternative is I'm going to move. So they've all these things that have gone through their mind and thinking, okay, which is it? If you chase them just to, let's say, buy a house or move, you're actually missing, missing the real point. You're not meeting somebody where they are. You're meeting where you want them to be. That's very different. So I want them to outline, okay, what are these triggers? Those things I can help them with, those things I can't. The beauty about the stuff you can't help them with is you'll build an enormous amount of trust. So you'll be able to say, well, you know what? Yes, the best option is actually probably having a job next to your house or close by, right? If that works, Good for you, you know, that's, that's one option. The other option is that you do move. The other, the other option is that you actually reevaluate re how you want to live. So you can actually be part of the conversation they're having in their head. Uh, there's a fantastic line in, in a book from uh, Matt Sykes. And if it's the only thing I remember from the book, it, it, it's this. It's to join the conversation going on in the person's head. That's your sole job. And that conversation changes depending on where they are within their, what I call, purchase journey. Your customer journey matches or should <laughs> match the purchase, their, 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 their purchase journey. And that conversation changes. How do you join that? If we go straight to the jugular and say, okay, you know what? I have a listing here. You should buy this house. The chances are you'll think, okay, that's a smarmy real estate guy just trying to sell me a house. He doesn't understand me. He doesn't care. If I take the same example on tech companies, why I want company, people to trust their instincts, uh, Shopify, right? Fantastic company, fantastic uh, product. But it leads most small businesses astray because it's all focused on the purchase event. 
The purchase event happens about two thirds of the way into the buyer's journey. It is not the most significant event at all, actually. It's the end almost of it, not quite. I, I put it two thirds in. Yet companies and small businesses spend all their time and resources building this wonderful Shopify site and nobody buys from it. Of course they don't because they've missed the whole part. There's two thirds missing and they don't get that advice. Mm -hmm. If you're in a room with somebody, you don't say, okay, here we go. There's a pen, just buy that now. Of course mm -hmm. you don't. Mm -hmm. Why the hell do you do that with a piece of tech? And the tech companies make it too easy for you to kind of set up that narrative, but it's the wrong narrative. Hey guys, if you're looking to write your first book, I've got a guy for you. Mike Almer will help you follow through on the book you have always wanted to write. Through his research and extensive interviews with you, Mike will help you find your story, your key proposition, any advice you can give to make you the perfect resource for the people you want to help most. You can use Mike's custom blueprint with ChatGPT to create a first draft of your book in just a couple of hours. Mike wrote my book and I guarantee you're gonna love working with Mike. He's a great guy. Call or text Mike right now at 1-844-I-WRITE-2. That's 1-844-I-W-R-I-T-E-2. One of the big things I'm a big proponent of is dropping lead magnets as ways to kind of drop seeds in the leads heads or drop seeds in the prospects heads, you know, not selling them, but you know, being that voice in their head. I love that quote that you just elegantly put. It's just, uh, it's exactly what it is. All you're doing is planting seeds and being a part of that conversation in their head. And seeds is a great way to put it because they grow. Mm -hmm. And if you write it and you position it in the right way, it grows and you're part of it. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what you want to happen along the way, you know? And the instinct of any business owner is that, you know, if you put somebody in a room, of course, they're not going to say, just buy this stuff. They're going to talk to them, warm them up. Conversation I had today, I said, you know, that might happen over an hour, mm. right? In a shop or, or if it's a complex product in an office. Why do you think it's only going to take five seconds online? It's not, you know, people aren't going to buy it. But you get five seconds today. You might get 10 seconds tomorrow. Maybe you get a minute, they'll read your email in two days time. That's your seeds. And then they get to the point where your Shopify setup would work. It'll execute, you know? Um, and that instinct is really important to trust. It's understanding the phases as well that they go through yeah. from being unaware to being most aware and everything in between, right? And sometimes you can't really predict that, but you can sort of guide it, right? You can, and you, you get, I think you have to, as a business owner, know what these are. Mm -hmm. And that's your goal. It's when you become a good salesperson, probably, and a good business owner, because you now know, here's the phases they go through. We spend ages on, on this. And it's probably too close. It's very hard to see your own business, actually. Mm. So you get too close to it. So we'd spent ages on, I don't care where someone starts with the digital implementation. It actually doesn't matter. Starting what matters. You'll then find your way, you'll zigzag, and you, you, it, it'll work. Now, that's not a very clean message. So when they ask, where do you want to start? Anywhere. It's a bit like the, the asking a carry man, you know, for directions. And they'll say, well, I wouldn't start from here. You know, it's not very helpful <laughs> because you are here. So we actually started it and we, we did the analysis and now we've, we've three modes, sorry, four modes. Because we find people are in, you know, creator mode, they're in gatherer mode and they're hunter mode and then the scaler mode as modes they're in during their business. Too many go to scaler, the, the, the buy ads, promote something that doesn't actually work because they haven't done the basis first. Uh, planting seeds, that's like creator mode, you know, you're creating content and, and, and nuggets and you're trying to understand how do people think? Mm. Well, this, this seed worked, that one just didn't. Okay, we're getting better. We begin to work out for this segment, it does, that one doesn't, and you get better at it. And once you have that, you then look at a process 
then you can scale it. Whereas agencies want you to scale now, and it's probably the last thing you need to do. You need a system working first, right? Otherwise, how the hell are you going to make it work without, you know, if it doesn't work without ads, it ain't going to work with ads. And again, this is where I want business owners to really trust their instinct. They know this deep down. They know it. You know, when they come back and said, I spent $5,000 on, on, on ads and I got nothing. And I said, well, what did you think was going to happen? They said, yeah, it makes sense. You know, of course, it's not going to buy for me because they don't buy for me without them. So they do know, but they don't always trust it, you know? Yeah, I think you hit on a really good point. You hit a really good point, Edward. And that is, I think a lot of um, business owners jump the gun in terms of marketing. They think they know what they want, but the minute they deploy that $5,000 budget, it unravels behind the scenes because they're not prepared for what's coming, right? And, and then, you know, nobody likes cold soup. Uh, old leads are cold soup. You can generate all the leads you yeah. want, but if you don't have the infrastructure in place to be able yeah. to facilitate that or the sales team or the CRM, it's naturally going to fall apart. That's why, you know, Every agency should be more focused on that process on their client's end, more so than closing that sale. And they should actually, before they take their money, they should ask these questions. Are you ready? 90% of the ads I see are not fit for purpose. They're going to pages that I know won't convert. You know, you know, I, I, everybody looking at them and say, well, why should that convert? How you send them to a Shopify page to just buy something now? You know, yeah, you'll be under 1% conversion rate. You won't pay your ad spend. Yeah. Unless there's some magic happening somewhere that just happened to strike an audience. And to be honest with you, that's hope. And it's not a great way to run the business, you know? But they most know this. So this is why the message I have is trust that instinct that you know your business acumen is there. Don't be looking at these shiny things and don't be expecting this magic dust to come down from an agency. It doesn't happen. Mm. Um, and have the confidence to trust. That. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. We're speaking a lot to um, entrepreneurs in this conversation and, and small business owners. But, you know, I really think there's some value to be taken here for agency owners as well. Right. And that's maybe this is an opportunity out there to guide that client to success and doing more right. mentorship as opposed yeah. to just a transactional sort of, you know, services that you offer. Yeah. That, ha that doesn't happen enough. A lot of times it's just trying to generate that P&L, right? Or a positive P&L and not focus so much on the actual longevity of a client. 100%. And chase, chasing creativity mm. awards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and all that kind of crap. You know, that doesn't help. Mm -hmm. that's, on, that's on somebody's back, you know? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I work with SMEs. So the corporates, you know what? They can fend for themselves and they, and they do. The SMEs can't, you know, they're on their own. It's tough. Uh, they trust the, the agencies and the tech companies to actually do the right thing and they don't. Real quick, guys. Are your messages on social media falling on deaf ears? Are you having trouble converting those leads from social media? Well, there's a better way to do it. And that is by use of a lead magnet, something that provides immense value to your target audience that's irresistible and they can't say no. The goal here is to get that contact information from your ideal clients off of social media so you can put them into a nurture sequence so they can know, like, and trust you. If this sounds of interest to you, we've done dozens and dozens and dozens of these type of campaigns for our clients, and we can help you out as well. Head on over to merged.ca and book your discovery call today. M-E-R-G-E-D.ca. Do you have a podcast? Do you have aspirations of starting a podcast? Not sure where to start? Merged Media offers podcast management services where we take all the legwork out of producing that podcast and posting content for that podcast. 
If you have any questions about our podcast management services, just go on over to merged.ca and book a discovery call today. Tell, tell me, Edward, about the, about the tools and methods you're using to help businesses better understand and structure their digital options. We find that that's the most important piece, that you have actually a, a context for what you're doing. So you know why you're starting, you know what you're trying to do. So I came up with the scorecard, digital scorecard framework when I was trying to explain to people all the pieces. So, you know, you've got your website piece, you've got um, email, maybe autoresponder, you've got your lead magnets, you've got your traffic sources. You know, you've got all these components and it helps you to put them into buckets. And actually, I'm not calling them onions because the more I realize each one has got many layers and you have this bucket of onions, really. So what I'm doing is labeling them out and saying, okay, where do you need to spend your time first? And you say, these are the three I'm going to work with now. That's great. You learn, you do something and that impacts the next three. And you start working on those. So you, you then have a structure. What's really important with that is when somebody give, comes along with a new suggestion, you've got context for it. So instead of you going off on a tangent on this new suggestion, you can say, well, this is how my customers buy. This is what we're doing. This is our tech platform, as it were. And this is our business design, I call this. So we have that. So where does that fit in? So I want that to fit into their business instead of they fitting into this new fangled tool or test or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. and training them to have that discipline and structure because uh, if you have structure you can do lots of things you know so you know next week this is my goal these are the pieces that works that doesn't uh, like your seeds for example you know well i tried these three they're my lead magnets two of them works two of them don't so we change you've got that context uh, and that's what we try and work mostly with uh, so a digital scorecard is that it's a tool for testing testing that out and I actually don't care about the test. We have an, you know, the traffic light system. I actually care about the thinking when you're doing it. Mm. When you're asked, answering a hundred questions, you think, okay, what does that mean to me? And then I want to talk to you afterwards because then you have some thinking. Mm. Um, the secondary one, which we're actually just about to launch is more your action plan. So your persona, you come out with certain modes. Which mode should you be in right now? Because there's no point in scaling if you haven't, you know, your content. There's no point in, gathering if you've no leads together, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have those four modes that we're now working with. So as we can give you an action plan to say, okay, here's your starting point and structure because otherwise everything becomes random. And if things are random, it's very hard to improve. You don't know what's right and what's wrong. And you're just basically somewhat of a scatterbrain, you know, because there's so many things to know. This is a way to just bring them down to ground in a sense within your context. And I find even competitors can be in the same room. They'll have a totally different game plan. Mm-hmm. They look just a totally different language mm-hmm. um, because you, you make it your own, you know. If our audience, Edward, has any questions about Digital store, Scorecard or wants to check it out, where can they go to find that? Just check out the site, www.digitalscorecard.com or on LinkedIn, just actually Edward, Edward Nugent. So LinkedIn slash Edward Nugent on there as well. What, pl- what platforms uh, are you living on? LinkedIn. LinkedIn's your go-to. That's it. Okay. I, we can have another podcast about why that is, but that's a whole new subject. Um, that is, that's another show in itself. It is. <laughs> Edward, we end every episode with the same question. That question is this. If you could choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Oh, that's easy. I'd be a huge fan, still am, but he is dead. Steve Jobs. I think everybody has, has strengths and weaknesses. Everybody has flaws. We all know about this. I think his ability to represent what customers might buy is fabulous and the drive and the tenacity to just keep making it happen and i know there's casualties along the way when you when you have that drive 
but that's that's kind of how it is. So so for me, he would still be the icon for me. The make the tough decisions. You have to take risks. They took big ones many times, you know. So yeah. Great, great answer. Uh, Steve Jobs is a great candidate for a brand ambassador. I'm not going to lie. I thought yeah. you were going to say Bono. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it wouldn't uh, be a bad one either, though. Honestly, no, different though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite, quite different actually. Is right. Awesome, Edward. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you, Jason. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jason. Talk to you again, man. Bye now. Real quick, guys. If you are active on Instagram or TikTok, I encourage you to go on over and give my personal profile a follow at J Hunt Official. J A Y H U N T. O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Over there on Instagram and TikTok, I'm posting my favorite highlights from the Merged Marketing Podcast, along with some of the highlights from my speaking engagements uh, overseas as well as locally. Ton of value. Go on over and check it out at Jehan Official. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast, and I invite you to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Merged Marketing Podcast. One of the best ways to do that is to add us to your Instagram at Merged Media, M-E-R-G-E-D-M-E-D-I-A. Go on over there, give Merged Media a follow and subscribe and never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.